0: And welcome to the latest edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. Adam Beasley, we've got a lot on tap today. We've got Tua, we've got COVID, we've got offensive line shuffles, we've got uh, Herbie
1: against Tui. Uh, What do you want to talk about today first? Uh, The playoff bound Miami Dolphins, as I predicted months ago. Yes, there
0: you go. The playoff-bound Miami Dolphins. Uh, premature?
1: <laughs> never. It's never too soon.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't. I haven't looked at the conference um, standings of late. Are they in as of uh, right now, or are yes. they not in?
1: Yeah. you know, no, they are in, and they are interesting for the Miami Dolphins right now. Uh, through uh, through eight games, they are in a four-way tie uh, for the number six seed at five and three with the o- with, ah, I said Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Cleveland Browns, and the Indianapolis Colts by way of tiebreakers. Armando, the Dolphins currently sit at the seven seed. And guess what? Seven teams from the AFC will make the playoffs this year. Uh, I should start making my hotel reservations and my flight arrangements. Correct? Um.
0: Well. Actually, it might be eight
1: teams make <laughs> make the playoffs,
0: right? I mean, they're, they're going to go all sorts of wacky in case the COVID deal gets crazy this uh, winter. So it's very possible that an extra team shows up, and that would definitely put the Dolphins in play.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- this is how close we were uh, to an eight team being added to the playoffs. If the Dolphins had come back Saturday with a whole raft of positive Covids, after ruling out five coaches and uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. for, for the game, if, if, if four or five Dolphins players had popped positive on Saturday, uh, we would almost likely be having, almost certainly be having an 18th NFL regular season week and a 16-team uh, NFL playoffs. That's how close we are. That's how on the razor's edge the NFL is to going to another week, and it's going to happen. Because once you get past your bye, as the Dolphins have, there is zero margin for error. And if the Dolphins have a week they can't play or their opponents have a week that they can't play against them, you're, to get all 16 games in, you have to go to an 18th week. It's only a matter of when, not if, in my mind.
0: It's amazing that this morning Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers went on the COVID reserve list and, you know, they're undefeated. They're the lone remaining team that is trying to do what? Be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that has uh, some, some – it resonates a little bit down
1: here in South Florida, I think. So you think Don Shula from the great beyond is, uh, <laughs> is messing with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, COVID results? Do you think that's what's going on? I don't know, but I think Mercury Morris all of a sudden got really interested
0: in Ben Roethlisberger's COVID health, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> now, you know, you, you know it would be an incredible, uh, well, certainly sad, but an incredible turn of events if uh, the Steelers were only able to play 17 regular and postseason games and go
0: 17-0. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be crazy, And except that, as you know, it's not just about the regular season, as the New England Patriots found out <laughs> in 2007, you, you ain't done when you're undefeated in the regular season.
1: I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's fine, Armando, they know in the regular season, and then the first round of the playoffs get bounced by the Miami Dolphins. That's, that's totally fine.
0: Yeah, that's happened a lot before. I remember 2016. it kind of went. no, not, uh, that, was,
1: that was I went to Syracuse, as you well know. Sick of hearing me talk about, but it gets bleeping cold up there. That was the coldest I've ever been in my life. That Steelers Dolphins playoff game. It really, was, it was so cold. I don't remember it being that cold. Why is that? Uh, uh you, you you weren't you weren't asked to do a live television hit outside like I was.
0: Well, maybe there's
1: that. Uh, also. <laughs> Also, the vodka may have had something to do with it. But, hey, you know, whatever. It doesn't (laughs) hurt. It it, it, it certainly helps.
0: It's a little flask, you know, whatever. Um, So, tell me that Tua Tanga by law is a stud. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I don't need to tell you that. Jan Gailey basically said it today, right?
0: I don't know that he said that quite
1: quite so uh,
0: clearly, but...
1: uh, Go ahead. Just preen on 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 Tua. Go ahead. Well, let's let's just uh, call up my story that you can find conveniently located at the Miami, MiamiHerald.com uh, slash uh, Dolphins page, where all of our great content is. But, uh, no, uh, Chan, for as much as a 68-year-old man can gush, he gushed wow. today. About wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, <geezer. laughs> Here we go. Quote. He has a tremendous feel for the game. That allows him to see some things, do some things, throw the ball in some spots that other people might not do. I think he just went out and played the game. He didn't care who was there who, or who wasn't there. He was playing the game. That's what you like about him. He doesn't think about adversity. He thinks about, okay, how can we go be successful? That will carry a person a long, a long way. And then later on in our Q&A uh, with Gailey, um, he basically said, he looks like the player. He didn't basically, he said he looks like the player he was in college before blowing up his hip. quote, "I can't see a real difference. So physically thing that you had the concern about, and I think he kind of relieved all of our thoughts about that the other night. And what did he do the other night, Armando? He ran all over uh, the Cardinals defense like he was Kyler Murray. I mean it was uh, that was to me, the most surprising thing. I knew he could spin the ball but the fact that he had the courage and the ability to turn busted plays into first downs with his legs was not something I saw coming.
0: Okay. So let me be the voice of, uh, I guess some people will call it doom. <laughs> I, I call it reason. Um, I, it's been two games. One has been bad. One has been great or good. I'm not ready to make a decision on Tua Vailoa yet after two games. I think that's a very small sample size, and I think that it would be wise for everyone involved to not ride this roller coaster of, Oh, he's terrible! Oh, he's great! Oh, no, he's mediocre! Oh, he's great again! Oh, he's terrible again. Can we just kind of, like, let it happen and take them as individual games for what they are, and at the end of the season say he had a good season or he had a mediocre season or he had a bad season. Can we not do that? Is that not
1: doable? Armando, we have to sell newspapers every single Monday.
0: Right, but you report – so, like, I'm not saying we as in you and I. I'm saying, like, the general public – we can take a game for what it is. Oh, of course. One game. I, he, One. Here,
1: here's why I was most encouraged. Yeah, we knew he could spin the ball. We knew he could throw it. Throw it. The fact that he did what he did, let it come from behind victory on the road. And, I, yes, I know there was only a tenth of the, 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 the population was, was there in State Farm Stadium. Uh, I, I understand that. But, still, he went on the road against a team that's going to the playoffs, by the way. Uh, they're now five and three. They're, they were very, they were a missed field goal away from six and two. Uh, the fact that he was able to do that, uh, without his quarterbacks coach who was nursing or trying to avoid COVID, uh, without his top two running backs and a guy whose name I still cannot pronounce was their leading snapper. Okay. Uh, and the fact that he did that without not just one, not without just two, without three of their top six wide receivers from last week. To me, it's impressive. Uh, they lost Preston Williams throughout the course of the game, and it sounds like he might miss a minute uh, with a foot sprain. Uh, they traded away Isaiah Ford, and Lynn Bowden Jr. Um, is is on the COVID list and doesn't have any signs of coming off at any time soon. So he was throwing to Devontae and a bunch of everybody else's, right? <laughs> I know Jakeem's been around for a while, but he's more of a specialist than he is a receiver at this point. That's going to change, obviously, now that they're hurt. And, and, and Mac Collins, uh, Armando, who caught the game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter on an absolutely beautiful pass from Tuatunga by Loa, that was not only his first catch as a Miami Dolphin, that was his first target. That was the first time that any Dolphins quarterback threw the ball to Mac Collins, and that was in the eighth game of the season. So, yes, you, I, I'm totally on board the let's, let's be judicious, let's not get too high or too low. But from what the, da- the hand that he was dealt, what it did with it, I don't think there's any more you could ask.
0: I would ask for ten more times. Do that ten more times. How's that? How about do that eight more times? Oh,
1: for uh, sure. But, but for sure. But we're, we're, this is a snapshot in time, obviously, And right, I agree. That's and I, exactly I, correct. You're absolutely yeah. right. A but, snapshot in time snapshots are pictures of good things and sometimes bad things. I think we should celebrate the good pictures. And that's and, and, and believe me, I, you and I were doom and gloom last week on the podcast. This is, I'm not some huge homer here, but the, the, the way he, the, 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 I, you know, I, I hate the idea of the Skip Bayless clutch gene and all that crap, but but I do think that there was some degree of him just saying, I'm not letting this team lose this game. And a guy who's had a couple of dozen snaps in the past 11 months Coming off a major injury, went out and won the game. I think that's hugely impressive.
0: Oh no! Uh, I during the game, I, I had a a guy who was an NFL general manager, and he texted me "gamer" when he yeah. saw what 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 Tua did in the fourth quarter. I got the text "gamer," and yeah. I knew that he wasn't talking about you know Mac Hollins. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, I knew that, but again one game last week was doom and gloom for one game this week we are it's it's a better roses and it's very comfortable and it smells really good but one game one game that's all i have to i mean you can everybody that i'm around my family is like we got a quarterback and i'm thinking one game. Let's see. I, I you know, I, I have. I'm not in a rush. I'm not dying anytime soon.
1: I'm fine. Well, that so, is, that's that's the best news we've had all day. By the way, I'm on, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're physically in a <laughs> good condition. That's, that's very encouraging to hear. Yeah,
0: it wasn't the case in July, but well, that's another story.
1: Uh, anyway,
0: so, <laughs> let's uh let's take a break, and we'll be uh, right back on the other side to discuss. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. the posters said See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie Critics Say Exist to Make You Happy. Trying to make it out? Because yep. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Star of the show, Adam Beasley, Uh, COVID,
1: go. Uh, I don't want to catch it, and I may have in Scottsdale. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You you, you talk about a a a town that is non-compliant, Armando. Uh, I went out to dinner, and I always eat outside. Uh, I was with friends that they had made a reservation and a place inside. I was like, nah, I'm going to eat outside, thank you very much. It's 65 degrees and COVID-free when you breathe fresh air. Uh, But walking back to my hotel – uh, one of the nights I was there, you would have thought it was Mardi Gras on Bourbon Street. They were not hundreds, but thousands, thousands of people partying in the streets. Nightclubs completely packed. Um, let's just say I'm going to be going for a test this week <laughs> because because they, they, these people did not abide by uh, CDC recommendations. We'll say that much. A little Arizona State, uh, you know. Co-ed work there? Is that what yes. was going on? I think they were drinking away their sorrows of that uh, last second loss to USC because it was, whoo, it was, uh, it, 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 they, I have not seen a turnout like that for, uh, uh for, 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 for a, a, a social evening in a long time. So, but I don't think that's what you were asking about. You're probably asking I, about the Miami Dolphins and COVID. A little bit, yeah. You got me. Uh, well, um, I think it was telling today. We don't know for certain how many coaches have popped positive. Correct? Correct. Uh, we know of at least one on the defensive side that kind of put them into—I uh, guess a tizzy is not the right word—but upped the stakes a bit. And it—I uh, don't know if it was contact tracing that that made four others uh, um, miss the game. And you know, I mentioned Lyndon Bowden's on the list, but. I think now, like if, if if we get through the next two days without any more players going on the COVID list and without coaches disappearing, I think we can breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. But this is something we're going to be dealing with for for the for the last eight weeks of the season and the, and the postseason when they make it. I mean, it's it's um, it's something that's not going to go away. And if this is the worst of it, the Dolphins got really lucky because as you mentioned, you have you've had two not just starting quarterbacks, but like. Franchise quarterbacks in the last two weeks go on the cover of this Matt Stafford and Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I think that was one of the many reasons the Dolphins decided against trading away Fitzpatrick uh, was that if Tua got sick, there was no one behind him. So um, I, I think that the, the, the Dolphins aren't breathing a sigh of relief, but they're a lot more relieved than they were four days ago when this thing started getting kind of scary for them. Right. Uh, Matt Stafford, I think, was a, posit- a false positive, if I'm not mistaken. He I mean, had two, he, he's had two of those now, if that's correct, because he had he one in the, in
0: the preseason mm-hmm. as well. Yes, he yes he did, uh, and his wife is pissed off about it because she comes out and she like, no, we will
1: not have COVID in the Stafford family. Well, I mean, she's, al- she's also a cancer survivor, if I remember correctly. Yes, but she. So, yeah, I, I, could, I can understand them being very on edge when, be, when told, oh, yeah, yeah, your husband's got COVID. I totally get that. So right. What, what, what are your thoughts on the situation?
0: So here are my thoughts. My thoughts are it was a, a heroic effort by the Dolphins on Sunday in that, you know, they're missing all these coaches and all these other folks are kind of like pulling double duty and, and doing all sorts of things that they're not used to. George Godsey – who is the uh, tight ends coach? He he hasn't coached quarterbacks in what three years, mm. and and he's coaching quarterbacks. So God bless him for that. And he's coaching Tua, and and you know that it's a moment of respect when Godsey is on the sideline, and the, you know he's sitting down with Tua with the tablet and in Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick next to him. And he's doing all the talking, mm-hmm. and those other two guys, including Fitzpatrick, who probably knows the offense better than both of those other guys, <laughs> is listening intently. Is listening intently. So he was, you know, he was into it. Gotti had the attention of the audience, which was a big deal. Uh, I think he did a great job. You uh, know,
1: I I totally agree. I'm I'm curious don't you wish you had a little bit more detail as to how everything came together? Because uh, Flo was, you know, pretty cryptic on, on Sunday and even less forthcoming today and or yesterday, and, and, and assistants weren't spilling the beans today. But, I mean, he was talking about, like, their director of player development stepping in and doing some coaching and guys in security helping out. I would love to have names and and, and roles and duties, but, uh, there's uh, the, the 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 wall of silence on this organization precludes that I guess.
0: Star of the show, Brian Flores is not going to share the fact that the Miami Dolphins are showing up on Sunday for a game against the Los Angeles Chargers unless someone confirms it first. <laughs> 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 so. So he's not exactly the let me give you details kind of dude. Uh, he's just not. It's he's in that regard he is the exact opposite of some other coaches that the Dolphins
1: have had uh, in the last thirty years that I've covered the team. And and, that, and and that's fine. But at the very least, this is an extenuating circumstance. I mean, if if if, if Drew Brooks was. Was coaching the defensive line, and I don't know if that's the case or not. But if he was, throw the guy a bone and, and give him some love in the media. I think that's pretty cool, right?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think he's concerned with the idea that if we ask one question and he answers it, there'll be five follow-up questions. Well, and what did he? What it? What it? Who coached the the defensive backs? And how did that work with the game plan? And who coached the? You know. It's, he's, he just wants to shut it down because he's all about one thing and one thing only. And my guess is the fans are completely fine with knowing less as long as they're winning more.
1: Oh, totally agree. I totally agree. But from our standpoint, would, uh, would telling us how they handled a hopefully once-a-lifetime event, uh, would doing that um, hurt them going forward? I mean, maybe if, if he knows already that the guys that are out are going to be out for the next two weeks. But, I mean, it's not, there, there's never going to be, hopefully, there's never going to be a moment like there was this past weekend when Friday morning they realized, oh, crap, we're going to be out without half our coaching staff this weekend. Even if these guys aren't back this week, they've got a whole week to get ready for it. I mean, the fact that they were on the fly, I mean, you, you know better than I do, you covered this league for a quarter century, that football coaches are maniacal when it comes to their preparation. And, and uh, when, when, when a total curveball is thrown the, their way 48 hours before a kickoff and they go out and win the game in impressive fashion, I would love to know the details how they pulled that off.
0: Let me share something with you about fans. So growing up, my favorite player in the NFL, uh, early on, like when I was a little boy, was Paul Warfield. Mm-hmm. And then later on... Later on, it was Art Monk. And I didn't know that Art Monk was a jerk. (laughs) 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 I had no idea Art Monk was a jerk until I started working as a journalist. And yes, Art Monk is a jerk. Uh, And he wasn't cooperative with, with reporters and sometimes surly, as a matter of fact. But as a fan of him... That I didn't care that Art Monk was a jerk. I only cared that Art Monk caught a hundred passes every year. I only cared that he was like a god every time he caught a, you know, like a touchdown. Uh, So I liked Art Monk, and I didn't mind that he was a jerk. I minded that he was a jerk and not uh, responsive and not open to fans and and people like me. When I became a people like me, <laughs> so uh, if Brian Flores is going to be the 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 hermit coach and not give us a lot of information, again, we're we we got to make do. That's yeah. all I got.
1: Oh say no, about but believe that. me, believe me, for for your sake, my sake, the Miami Herald's sake, South Florida media's sake, uh, it's better when they win. And they win at a high level. Let's Truth. not kid ourselves. So um, <laughs> it's a net plus if the Dolphins go to the Super Bowl and they have a coach that doesn't say anything for us. That, 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 that's totally fair. Uh, so let me ask you this then, since we were talking about – since this is the, uh, quote, Art Monk is a jerk edition of, a, of the Dolphins' <laughs> net podcast, um, what do they do at receiver? Uh that's Because, because uh, I mean, Preston doesn't sound like he's going to be galloping back to the starting lineup. Uh, they traded away Isaiah Ford, and, and who knows when Bowden's going to get cleared. So they, they finished the game with three wide receivers, Armando, three, and, and one of them was Matt Collins. Right. Well,
0: right now, the trade of Isaiah Ford looks dumb. It looks bad, right? Yeah. I, can't, I mean I – I,
1: I couldn't get my head around it at the time, and I can't get my head around it now.
0: Seventh-round pick, which is a, a, a good chance that – more A better chance than not that whoever they pick in that seventh round won't make the team or won't be with the team for very long.
1: Oh, it's a provisional six, Armando. They might get a pro bowler out of that. No. Um, secondly, uh, you know, I like Mac
0: Collins. I like them in training camp. I like them a lot. Uh, if he's going to get some some play, if he's going to get a run, I'm good with that because I think that kid's good. Um, again, I, I told... Another NFL head coach about Mac Hollins in training camp, and his and his reaction was, "Mac Hollins, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know anything." And I'm thinking, I guess I don't because I like this guy. And guess what? Uh, it, Small sample size, <laughs>
1: but but you know I think he caught his first pass in like two years. The smallest sample size, one one target in eight weeks. That is the smallest sample size possible. Take that,
0: Art Monk. <laughs> uh, uh, so there's that, and then there's the elephant in the room,
1: Antonio Callaway. Right? I, he's got to play this week, right? I mean, unless unless he's straight trash in practice, there's no way he's not active on Sunday, right?
0: Well, he's never been straight trash on the football field, per se. Um, His problems have come in other realms.
1: Yes, that is fair. That is fair.
0: So I would say that if he's in shape, and I don't know if he is or not, uh, yeah, you got to – it's time. You need to help because they're in need of it.
1: Well, um, I agree with that, and uh, I'm not sure if I'll agree with your take on this last topic, but we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, Did the Dolphins make the right choice in Tua Tungabaloa or Justin Herbert? Again, are we done with the season? (laughs) Are
0: are we done with the year? Are we done with their careers? I'm not – no, I'm not going to go – I'm not going to take that bait.
1: Damn it! Damn it! I I, thought I I, I I was going to get you. I thought I I I was going to (laughs) slip in there right at the end and you're going to give me a steaming hot take. You tell me! What's your steaming hot take? I I was never a massive Justin Herbert believer. I feel like uh, Tua Tonga by is the more accurate. He might not be the more explosive, but he's more the accurate quarterback. Uh, And what I saw on Sunday was very encouraging. So, yeah, baby, Tua train the whole time. 2-2. Okay. All right.
0: On that note, let's uh let's leave it there and invite you to come back next week for the next Dolphins in Depth podcast featuring Tua versus Herbie. Herbie the love quarterback versus Tua the left-handed quarterback. Next week on Dolphins in Depth.